MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Hello, brother. Hello. Welcome to the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and we've got a great podcast for you. As in the second segment, we are going to be joined by one of our good friends, Jake Asman. He does an absolutely terrific job over there with ESPN 97.5 in Houston. He hosts the show, The Wheelhouse, 3 to 7 p.m. Central Time every Monday through Friday over there. And then you have to catch him on SportsMap Radio as well. He does hosting nationally every weekend for them. In the second segment, we're going to be chatting with him about the Houston Astros, what we can expect from them moving forward, get a little bit of reaction to their slow start, but the pitching actually looking relatively solid up until what we wound up seeing yesterday. So we're going to be chatting about that with Jake in the second segment. Also, going to take a little bit of a look at the American League East as well. And he's a New York Yankees fan. Got to talk about what we wound up getting out of Garrett Cole as well. No, not about Garrett Cole donating 600 MacBooks because we do not quote the New York porch when it comes to this podcast, unlike other radio stations. So that was absolutely hilarious, but we're going to be talking about that with Jake in the second segment. In the final segment, I'm going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. And you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters here. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you read this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're 
rapid fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. My that five-star review really didn't get in too much today. If you guys are listening to the College Basketball Podcast, Hoopa with Hoops, we wound up seeing Jay Wright retire, so I wound up getting a little bit knee-deep there, so that's always a lot of fun. But with that said, we saw a very interesting day of baseball on Wednesday, including some very unexpected results, including one offense putting on an explosion. So let's dive into that, dive into some trends, and try to find out a little bit more about these teams in general. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. Your highest scoring team, it was actually a tie for it. You had the Cleveland Guardians wind up having a big game one against the White Sox. We'll dive into that in a second. But high scoring National League team on Wednesday turned out to be the poopy Arizona Diamondbacks who provided 11 runs of support for Merrill Kelly as they get the job done by kind of 11-2. Dalton Varsho, third home run of the season and the Arizona Diamondbacks who entered into this game hitting as a collective a buck 56. Well, they climbed it to north of a buck 60. Yippee hooray as Merrill Kelly, very good in this one, winds up giving up one run over the course of six innings. And for Eric Fetty Wap, he should probably be sent down to T-ball. He allowed seven runs, six of which were earned, and three in the third innings to the Arizona Diamondbacks, including that home run. Not great. He did wind up having Mr. Francisco Perez wind up giving up a run in two-thirds of an inning. You had three runs, one of which was earned, given up by Patrick Murphy in his inning. And then from there, you did wind up having Sam Clay, Andres Machado, Hunter Harvey, Paulo Espinel. I'll give you a scoreless inning, but for the Washington Nationals, they go 3 of 12 with men in scoring position. Not a lot doing as he has a Diamondbacks bullpen. Relatively solid. Kyle Nesselin is able to give you a scoreless inning, and Corbin Martin goes two innings, winds up giving up one run in the process. So the years of the Diamondbacks get the job done, and then I was mentioning it, the Cleveland Guardians, they wound up putting on a nice offensive display on Wednesday with them being able to just take it to Dallas Keiko 11 to 1. They wind up winning game one as for Keiko. He got three outs, he gave up 10 runs, eight of which were earned. I have a feeling that we have seen the end of Dallas Keiko starting much longer for the Chicago White Sox as that was not good. And you know, it was good. Shane Bieber fever. A lot of people have been concerned about him, but six innings, he gives up one run, strikes out seven. You expect maybe a few more strikeouts after out of Mr. Bieber, but that was a good display. You had Aniel de los Santos, Sam. Advantages. Brian Shaw be able to close out the game. I'll give you scoreless settings, and then the Guardians wind up taking game two. And in all the double deaders that we've seen, team has won game one. Has also won game two. I've had a couple people ask me if I wind up changing my handicap after I wind up seeing game one. And we've seen years in which the team that winds up winning game one drops game two all the time. Right now, we've seen all three teams that win game one, win game two. So I really don't wind up changing my handicap too much unless if you wind up having bullpen pieces they expected to be there in game two wind up being utilized in game one so really other than for bullpen usage I don't adjust my handicap and then obviously players that are resting as well that goes without saying but if the normal players that you expect to be out there on the field are out there on the field I don't think that you should affect your handicap too much based on what you do wind up seeing in game one and for Jimmy Lambert he wound up giving up both runs in this game for Chicago as he winds giving up Two runs in three and two-thirds innings. Bullpen from there was good. As you did wind up having Mr. Ronaldo Lopez and Brennan Sousa give up nothing in a combined two innings. Kyle Crick, Aaron Bummer, they combined to give you one and a third inning scoreless. Jose Ruiz was able to give you a scoreless setting, but for the Cleveland Indians, their bullpen was terrific. Tristan McKenzie does not wind up going long in this game. Gave up four walks before and a third innings was a little bit of a concern for him last season. Did wind up giving up one run in the contest, but Anthony Goose, he winds up going one and two-thirds inning scoreless. Nick Sandlin, Trevor Steven, Emmanuel Classe. 
I'll give you a scoreless setting. So the Guardians wind up taking a pair from the Chicago White Sox. You do wind up having the Milwaukee Brewers cover another run line against the Pittsburgh Pirates. 4-2 the final. And boy, this was a rough series for Pittsburgh as they wound up scoring a grand total of five runs in those games. So the Brewers pitching looks to be right back online. Brandon Woodruff, six scoreless settings, punches out nine. He looked amazing. Brad Boxberger gives you a scoreless setting. Brent Suter to give up a pair of runs out of the bullpen in his two-thirds of an inning. But Tevin Williams, he was able to come in. He was able to hold down the fort. And then Josh Hader winds up giving you his sixth save of the season as for the Brewers, Kesson hip hip hurrah with his first home run of the season. That was against Miguel Yajur. And then Mitch Keller winds up giving one up to Rowdy Roddy Telez. His third home run of the season for Keller. Not a bad start here. Gives up that home run to Telez. That's all he gave up. Five and a third innings. Gives up one run. But Yajur, a guy that Pittsburgh is very high on. Well, he might need a little bit of seasoning down there at the minors. He gives up three runs over the course of an inning. You do wind up having Aaron Fletcher, Anthony Banda combined for two-thirds of an inning apiece. And then Chris Rand, he was able to give you an out out of the bullpen. So Brewers, they wind up sweeping that series from the good old Pittsburgh Pirates. Freddie Freeman wound up terrorizing his old team, 5-1. to one. The Dodgers wind up getting the job done against the Atlanta Braves as Charlie Morton. Well, he was not going to Morton's with regards to the way that he was eaten after this one. Four runs given up in five and a third innings, including two home runs. Freddie Freeman gets a second home run in the campaign, and then you wind up getting the first home run of the season for Mr. Edwin Rios. From there, the Atlanta Braves were able to settle down with the guards of bullpen. Don McHugh gives up a run in one and a third innings. Tyler Thornburg. Will Smith, they give you a combined four outside the bullpen, but for the Atlanta Braves, nothing doing as the Dodgers. They lie here at a top three bullpen in the big leagues, and once again, they were solid in this one. Tony Gonsolin gives up one hit over the course of six innings for Sardar Gratterall. Wines giving you a squirrel saying Mitch White gives up one run over the course of two innings, so the LA Dodgers now nine and three, and they scored at least four runs in all but two out of their 12 games this season, so their offense has been very consistent. The Cubs, for just the third time this year, they wind up not being able to get to four-plus runs a lot of this was based on the fact that you wound up having this game called after six innings. So that's a little bit of a disclaimer there. 8-2. to two. The Tampa Bay Rays get the job done before Rain winds up washing out the rest of this one. Drew Rasmussen, he winds up going three innings, giving up two runs, and then Jalen Beeks gives you two scoreless innings. But the Rays were able to put a hurting on the Cubs in the limited amount of time that they were up to the plate. 4 of 11 with men in scoring position as Francisco Mejia gets a second home run the campaign as Marcus Stroman got destroyed. 8 runs, 7 of which were earned, given up in 4 to 3rd innings. Daniel Lars, 1 and 2 thirds innings, scoreless and if you, like me, wound up taking the total, this was a refund in a lot of spots. Most places when it comes to run lines and totals, you need the losing team to get 27 outs for you to have action on it. I know that sometimes the East Coast books do things a little bit differently, so if you do wind up taking that and an East Coast book was generous to you, thank them because that was very generous of them. You wound up having the San Diego Padres. Be generous if you wound up betting on them. 6-0. They wind up taking down the Cincinnati Reds as Vladimir Gutierrez winds up giving up three runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings, including a home run to Jerickson Profar. Fourth home run season, Awesome Kim moves. Had a little bit of a tough time since coming over from the KBO. He gets his first home run of the season. That comes off of Buck Farmer. Farmer gives up that solo home run in an inning. Hunter Circling. He's had a rough start to the season. He's given up two runs over the course of an inning in this one. You do wind up having Alexis Stevens give you a scoreless inning, and Justin Wilson gives you an out out of the bullpen. But for the Cincinnati Reds, it is not going well for them on offense. They are now hitting as a collective a buck 78. So that was rough as you wind up having Mackenzie Gore. Good up-and-coming prospect for the Padres. Looked tremendous in this one. Seven strikeouts, no runs given up in five innings. And then Pierce Johnson, Luis Garcia, DeMelson, Lament, along with Stephen Wilson, are able to give you a scoreless inning. 
If you, like me, wound up taking the Oakland A's, as I wound up giving this one out for DK Nation, this is one of those where you just toss up your hands and you just wish for better days. 1-0, to zero, the Baltimore Orioles get the job done. Oakland A's looked like they had a run on the board in the second inning. Billy McKinney winds up making a slide at the plate. It winds up getting overturned on review. And the Oakland A's, the one run that they wind up giving up an unearned run as there was an error by Elvis Andrews out there in the field. And that wound up being the difference in the game. Dalton Jeffries, very solid start in this one. Gives up one unearned run over the course of six innings. And then from there, Adam Kloreric, along with A.J. Puck and Jacob Lemoyne, combined for three scoreless innings. But for the Baltimore Orioles, they wound up being able to wriggle their way out of danger as they wound up stranding eight men on base. Jordan Lyles, five scoreless innings after he gave up 38 home runs last season. Paul Fry, Dylan Tate, along with Ore Lopez and Brian Baker, they combined to be able to give you four scoreless innings. So Oakland, who wound up having the most runs in the American League going into this one, they get out scoreless, so that's always a fun time right there. The Philadelphia Phillies, who had lost seven out of their last eight games, they got back online nine to six. They might have taken down the Colorado Rockies as it was a nice display of power from them. Alec Bohm and Yohan Camargo both wind up getting their first home run of the season. The Bohm home run comes off of Omar Marquez, and Marquez will give one up to Kyle Schwarber, his fourth home run of the season, and Nick Cassianos is third as Marquez gives up three home runs, four runs in total over the course of six innings, but the bullpen is really the thing that wound up dooming it for the Colorado Rockies. Ulysses Justine gives up three runs while getting one out. You wind up having Lucas Gilbreth give up two runs in two-thirds of an inning, including one of those home runs, and then from there, Robert Stevenson, Carlos Aceves, where we'll give you a scoreless inning, but for the Philadelphia Phillies, didn't necessarily get the start that you wanted out of Zach Eflin. Four runs given up in five and two-thirds innings, including nine hits, but Jurisic Familia gives up one run over the course of two innings, but Corey Canable, Jose Alvarado, both are able to give you a scoreless inning, and Brad Ann winds up coming in and gets it out of the bullpen, so the Phillies, they're able to stop their slide, and they're able to get busted out with the bats. You wind up having the bats get busted out for the LA Angels early in this one. 6-0, they wind up taking out the Houston Astros as Shoei Otani was absolutely tremendous in this one. The Astros wind up getting one in this game. We're going to be talking a little bit later with Jake Asman about what in the world is wrong with these Astro bats. But for Shoei Otani, gives up one hit in six innings, punches out 12, gave up just one walk. He was absolutely electric. Ryan Tapera, two scoreless innings, Rossi Iglesias. He comes in, he's able to close it out, and the Angels wind up getting the win, by the way, without Mike Trout in the fold in this one, as they didn't need him. You wind up having Shoya Otani give you a double. He had a pair of RBI in this one, and for Jake Odorizzi, doesn't allow any home runs, but he gives up all six runs now. Only three of them were earned. Yoli Gurriel wound up not doing any favors for him, as he wound up committing an error out there in the bullpen, and you gotta give it up to the Houston Astros bullpen. Eight in the third inning, scoreless. So, I mean, they did their part. Ryan Stanek, a scoreless inning. Rafael Motero, a scoreless inning. Christian Javier, Phil Meaton, they combined for five scoreless innings. And Blake Taylor, one in the third inning, scoreless. Perhaps they should have Javier start instead of Jake Odorizzi because he has not necessarily been great for the Houston Astros. Speaking of not necessarily great, that would be the Red Sox pitching on Wednesday as well. The Blue Jays get it done by a count of 6-1 as Jose Barrios winds up giving up one run over the course of six innings. Tim Maza, Trevor Richards, thank you for two scoreless, and Julia Merriweather was able to close things out in the ninth inning as it was Romeo Tapia winds up going deep off of Nick Pavetta for his first home run of the season, and for Nick Bavetta, since coming over to Boston, his ERA at home is nearly two points higher than it is on the road. Gives up five runs, including that bomb over the course of four innings. Phillips Valdez was able to give you two scoreless innings along Tyler Danish. You end up having a run given up in an inning from Matt Barnes. By the way, that is a delicious name there in Tyler Danish, but 
For the Boston Red Sox, they also didn't do a lot to be able to help out their pitching staff. They went 1 of 14 with men in scoring position. They got Dennis. They mustered one run across. That's absolutely brutal for them. The San Francisco Giants made life brutal for the New York Mets on Wednesday as they wind up getting a 5-2 win as for the San Francisco Giants, Brandon Belt gets his fourth home run of the season. That winds coming off of Chris Bassett, so he was able to take him up line and sinker as Bassett gives up all five runs over the course of six innings. Jason Shreve, Sean Reed Foley, they give you a combined three scoreless innings and bullpens this year, by the way. Just a little bit of a side note. They have been terrific in the MLB. For all of you guys that always say that you want to take the first five because you don't trust in the bullpens, the bullpens have been better than the starters thus far with regards to ERA, so I'm just saying. Don't always blame the bullpen if a bet winds up going the wrong direction. Meanwhile, for the San Francisco Giants, one Carlos Rodon, five scoreless settings. They wind up having John Breba give up a run in one and two-thirds settings, and Tyler Rogers gives up a run in an inning, but Dominique Leon, Jake McGee, they combine to be able to give you five outs out of the bullpen as for the Metropolitans. They strand 10 men on base, so the San Francisco Giants now off to an 8-4 and four start, and the Mets, they're sitting at 9-4 and four as well, so both of these teams have been rock solid. The Kansas City Royals, not a lot of offense being generated by them, but they got just enough to be able to get it done in this one. 2-0 the final. Daniel Lynch, five scoreless innings from him, and then you wind up having Jake Brents, Josh Stamont, Scott Barlow, Colin Snyder, all give you a scoreless setting apiece as for the Kansas City Royals. It was Adalberto Mondes who was able to drive in the runs to be able to get it done. It's Chris Paddock, not a bad start here. Gives up two runs over the course of five innings. Cody Sashek killed Theobar. They combined for three scoreless settings, but Twins wind up being able to generate five hits. They really didn't threaten much in this game at all, and you saw a lot of that in the St. Louis Cardinals and Miami Marlins game as well. The Cardinals get it done by a count of two to zero. Nolan Arenado in the ninth inning was able to bust this one open with his fifth home run of the campaign as Miles Michaelis was terrific in this game. Five scoreless settings. From there, you wind up getting two scoreless innings out of Andre Pallanti and Genesis Cabrera Giovanni Gallegos. They pitched scoreless eighth and ninth innings. And for the Miami Marlins, Daniel Contra once again. Tough luck, no decision from him. Eight scoreless innings and he walks away with nothing because Anthony Bender gives up that home run in the ninth inning to Mr. Nolan Arenado giving up two runs over the course of an inning. And for the Miami Marlins, this team just continues to scuffle at the plate. It's a Miami Marlins team that they have now scored three runs or fewer in three out of their last five games, and they have broken four runs in two games in regulation this season. So the St. Louis Cardinals able to get it done as well. And the New York Yankees, they go on the road. They take down the Detroit Tigres by a count of 5-3. to three. Luis Severino has looked relatively solid in his first few starts of the season, giving up one run over the course of five innings. Not necessarily as much swing and miss stuff than when he was at his heyday a few years ago, but he's looked solid. Jonathan Weisgut, Clay Holmes, Earl Chapman, they all give you a scoreless setting. A very good outing here from Earl Chapman. No strikeouts, but 12 strikes on 15 pitches. Very encouraging there. Meanwhile, Chad Green, he does wind up giving up two runs over the course of an inning, but did not hurt the scene because Anthony Rizzo got things going with the bat. He winds up going deep after one. Eduardo Rodriguez for his fourth home run of the season. For Rodriguez, gives up three runs over the course of six innings. Had a relatively solid Detroit bullpen. Wound up not necessarily being so solid. You wound up having Drew Hutchinson give up an unearned run off of his own error, which... I've made it very known why I think about pitchers that wind up getting awarded unearned runs off of their own errors. Gosh. Well, that's just absolutely terrific as he only wound up getting one out in this one. Wound up having Michael Fulmer give up nothing in his two-thirds of an inning, but Joey Menes gives up a run in an inning, and then you had a scoreless inning from Jason Foley, but for the Tigers, been a little bit of tough sliding ever since Javi Baez has went on the injured list. They have really been held down with their offenses. This is a Tigers team that they have now scored four runs or fewer in each of their last five games, and if you want to go back a little bit further, they've been able to break the four-run plateau in just one out of their last nine, so... 
it's a Tigers team that they're not necessarily generating a lot at the plate right now. And if you're taking a look at the final game, I'm doing this while the game is in progress. Seattle Mariners currently leading the Texas Rangers by a count of 1-0. to Zane Dunning has looked relatively solid in his start and for the Seattle Mariners. You've had Logan Gilbert fire 5 scoreless. Having to do this a little bit early since I am on the look at tonight. 10 p.m. Pacific to 1 a.m. On the West Coast, on the East Coast, 1 to 4 a.m. So that's why I had to do this a little bit abbreviated, not able to give you as much with regards to that Mariners versus Rangers game. But right now, that is on trajectory for an under. And if you're just taking a look at Major League Baseball for the season, the under binge continues with that Mariners game pending. 99 unders at 66 overs. That is a 60% clip to the under this year. Underdogs, they're only hitting 39.8%. It's been a lot of favorites hitting this year. As underdogs, they're 70 and 106. I will say, favorites on the run line, 80 and 97. So that means that with regards to the run line, favorites have won by approximately one run 26 times this year. That's a little bit more than we are typically expected to see. And if you're just taking a look at what we wound up getting on Wednesday in general, this is with a few results pending. But as we sit here right now, we have had just three games wind up going over the total. You have seen 11 games go under the total. There was a push thrown in there as well. So it was another great day for unders as that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Wednesday. Now let's take a look at a little bit more of a Houston perspective with our good friend Jake Asman. He does a great job over there with 97.5 ESPN in Houston. He hosts the show The Wheel House every Monday through Friday and in our wheelhouse is going to be some great American League content because we're also going to be talking about the New York Yankees and some of their ups and downs of what they need to do to be able to reach postseason this year as well. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Mason Family Podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday... 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. And it is great to be joined by our guest as this man does absolutely terrific work out there in the city of Houston. You're able to catch him as one of the co-hosts of The Wheelhouse on ESPN Radio 97.5 out there in the lovely city of Houston. You're able to catch that. 3 to 7 p.m. Central Time every Monday through Friday. If you're looking Pacific Time, that's 1 to 5. And then he also does the Jake Asman Show that is on Sports Map Radio. Guy does absolutely amazing work following all sports and baseball. One of his best. As to be able to follow Jake Asman on Twitter, that is at easy enough his name. Jake Asman, last name is spelled A-S-M-A-N. And Jake, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, always great to be with you, man. And uh, anytime I come on the podcast, it means baseball's in full swing. So it's great to be on with you. I hope all is well. All is well for me, and I'm sure that all is well for you as well. Though I will say for the Houston Astros, going into what we wound up seeing in their series against the LA Angels, a little bit of a slow start with the bats. I think that we can both agree that it's a very small sample size for the Houston Astros. They still haven't really been striking out. That's really what they're known for, being able to give you good at-bats at the plate. But what have you really noticed from the Houston Astros' first 10 or so games of the season? Because it has been a case in which the offense hasn't necessarily been what we are typically used to seeing with Houston. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, the Jose Altuve injury, you know, is significant because it's unclear on how much time he's going to miss. And it's not like he was hitting even before the injury occurred. But, you know, getting Gordon Alvarez back for this team is huge. His first game back, you know, the home opener for the Astros. Monday night, he hits two home runs, including a two-run shot in his first at-bat. He's such a difference maker you know, for this team, and I think getting him back will, will do a lot for this offense. But, you know, just offensively, haven't really hit yet. I think they will. They haven't played a home game until Monday. They spent a lot of time on the road, spring training, and then they didn't even go back to Houston before the year started. So I think now that they're home, the offense is going to start to really take off, and this team's going to hit. There's just too many good players on it to not – you know, produce a lot of runs. I'm right there with you. It, I do think that the Houston Astros certainly going to turn around, and you saw it with Jordan Alvarez. He was actually out due to COVID-19 for a few days. He wanted coming back on Monday, wanted up hitting a pair of home runs, so no question. When he's out there, that certainly helps out the Houston Astros. And what I think is really intriguing with the Astros as well is that we always talk about the offense, but I take a look at the starting pitching, and I think that it's one of the better rotations that you're able to find in the big leagues. You've now got another year of seasoning for one of their young guys in Luis Garcia. He was tremendous at home last season on the road. A little bit of a different story. Jake Odorizzi, to this point, he's been able to offer some relatively solid starts. And then Justin Verlander coming back and looking like the Justin Verlander of old has been tremendous as well. So I do take a look at this Astros team, and I feel like they're able to lean a little bit more on their pitching this year than in season pass. No doubt. And, and you mentioned Justin Verlander. I mean, 
what he has done. He's through six innings the last two years total coming into the season. His first start, he goes five strong innings, only a one earned run allowed. And then on Saturday against the Mariners, this guy threw eight shutout innings against a very good lineup that Seattle has to offer. You know, it'd be one thing if he was doing this in July or August. He was all the way back to being Justin Verlander. But for this guy to still be this good after barely pitching, coming up Tommy John surgery at the age now of 39, I mean, he's truly one of the last of a dying breed. And this guy's a future Hall of Famer, but I got to be honest, I didn't think he'd be this good this quickly already. It's been unbelievable. Yep, I'm right there with you. It has been great to be able to see Justin Verlander find the fountain of youth. And hey, maybe being away from the game for a little bit, it might be able to prolong his per- career a little bit. We've seen that with a couple examples, more or less like an Adrian Peterson out there in the NFL where he was away from football for a year, obviously, for worse circumstances, to say the least, but was able to play very, very deep into his career. And hey, he was still carrying carries with the Tennessee Titans a few months ago. So going to be interesting to see what happens there. As we do have Jake Asman joining me right here on the podcast and the team that we've been seeing the Astros play against the last few days, the LA Angels. Many people have them as the number two team out there in the AL West, but I don't know about you, but I just need to see it before I can believe it with the Angels because they're just, in my opinion, too top heavy of a team. You've got Mike Trout. You've got Shohei Otani. That's absolutely tremendous. But as we know, Trout has been missing the last few games because he winds up getting hit on the hand with a pitch out there in Texas. And it just feels like a fragile team in general that they rely too much on Otani and Trout. When either of these guys are out, it leads to a big giant fall off. And the pitching, once again, just really doesn't scare anyone. Yeah, I don't think they have enough either. I agree with you. Until someone beats the Astros in the American League West, I think they're going to win the division. I just think they're the better team. Now, the Angels got better. And depending on what Syndergaard could give them, Noah Syndergaard has pitched really well so far this year. Maybe they can make it more interesting than a lot of people think. But I'm with you. I still think it's the Astros division to lose, you know, going into the season. I think that's how it's going to play out by the time 2022's regular season wraps up. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I certainly do think that it's a case in which I take a look at this division, and I would put the Mariners as actually the number two team out there in this division. Now, the Mariners, as we recall last year, they had that infamous like negative 50 run differential and still very nearly got into the postseason. But I take a look at their young pitchers, like a Logan Gilbert, like a Matt Brash. These guys have been able to step up. Marco Gonzalez is someone that you know what you're going to be able to get out of him. The young bats are going to need to step up a little bit more. Jarek Elnick has had a rough start to his career. Julio Rodriguez has had a rough go of it as well. But I take a look at the Mariners, and I think that they've got an upside and a good chance to be able to make the postseason this year. They're a very good team. Very good team. Good young players as well. I guess the biggest thing for them is going to be, are they ready to win? Like, are they ready to take that step? Like, they obviously have the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball. They certainly do. Now, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that, though. They're going to have to prove it. But I do like their young core. Now, they came back close a year ago. There's an extra team that's now added in the baseball playoffs with the new CBA. So they have a good chance. There's no doubt. I do think that they've got a relatively solid shot, and one of the teams that they might be in contention with might be the New York Yankees, as we do have Jake Asman joining me right here on the podcast. Jake, I know that you're a guy that was born and raised out there in the great state of New York. You do a great job of taking a look at pretty much all New York sports, as well as your work over there in Houston. And what have you made out of the Yankees' first 10 or so games of the season? Because I... Sure that the bats are going to be picking up a little bit, but it just feels like it's very much a feast or famine team of which I think that we're going to see a lot of nights of which we wind up seeing the Yankees put up seven plus runs. They've got the power going on, but the way that this lineup is constructed as well, 
when things wind up going cold, like they have the first couple of games of the season, they do wind up going really, really cold. And I think that that's a little bit of a roll of the dice for this team, especially when you do wind up having colder temperatures like we have right now in April. And then when you wind up getting into, say, October. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The offense just hasn't been there to start the year. I mean, there's been a couple guys that have been all right for them, but it just kind of feels like an extension of last year's team. Like, they didn't really do that much to overhaul the uh, the roster offensively. They made the Josh Donaldson trade. They traded away Gary Sanchez. But they basically are a week in their eight and nine spots now. They're just a streaky team. Joey Gallo is a, you know, a 200 hitter. You know, Aaron Hicks coming off injury. You're waiting to see. If he could stay healthy, you know, you're looking for a bounce back year from Glaber Torres. He's off to a terrible start. DJ LeMahieu, if you want a positive, if you're a Yankee fan, he looks really good to start the season. But if you just look at this team right now, it's a lot of feast or famine. And, you know, luckily, if you're a Yankee fan, you feel really good about the bullpen. You feel good about what you've seen from Luis Severino and Nestor Cortez. But I think if you're a Yankee fan, you got to be concerned about Garrett Cole right now. It's crazy. But this guy, to start the year, has not been good. He was not good against the Red Sox in the wild card game. And I know he finished second in Cy Young voting a season ago, but he didn't finish the year pitching very well. And there's going to be a lot of questions that start to truly emerge about Garrett Cole and how big he was impacted by a lot of the sticky substance that was used in Major League Baseball. So he set himself up to be questioned based on how he's performed so far this year. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because in the start that we wound up seeing on Tuesday, Garrett Cole literally wound up getting five outs and he had five blocks in the game. And that, to me, honestly goes back to a little bit more than sticky stuff in general. Yeah, the sticky stuff helps you maybe command a little bit more. You get a little bit of a better grip on the ball. But in no circumstance should you wind up seeing a guy get five outs and wind up getting five walks. I feel like it might even be a little bit more than just that. I think that his confidence is just shot right now. I agree. He does not look like a guy that... You know, he's one of Cy Young, or, you know, has finished top two in Cy Young twice in his career and has been a dominant pitcher that earned the highest grossing contract that we've ever seen. A player receive in free agency a nine-year deal. To be honest, I don't know what it is with Garrett Cole right now, but he's got to find it because the Yankees want to get back to a World Series for the first time since 2009. They're not doing it without an ace, and he was supposed to be the missing piece, and he finished last year pitching poorly, and he's off to a terrible start so far this season. And plus, on top of that, we wound up seeing him be so dominant in those two years with the Houston Astros. 15 and 5 in 2018, 20 and 5 in 2019, and arguably one of the best second halves to a season we've seen in about a decade, decade and a half in that second half of the season that he wound up having with the Houston Astros. That's honestly before Spider Tech really wound up getting introduced with these guys. So, Garrett Cole, I feel like, has the ability, but he seems to be a little bit lost. And then you take a look at another pitcher with the New York Yankees, and I think that there does need to be legitimate concerns with regards to Roldis Chapman as well. Going back to June of 2021, he's got an ERA north of five and is walking seven and a half guys per nine innings. I take a look at this Yankees bullpen, and honestly, I feel much better when they wind up bringing out guys like a Lucas Lutke, when they wind up bringing in someone like a Wandy Peralta, rather than Roldis Chapman, because I just feel like Chapman is right now going through a little bit of a downfall in his career as well. Yeah, Chapman's either really good or he has nothing. There's no in-between with him. Like, he was dominant against the Red Sox on opening day. He also had a game against the Blue Jays where he he walked the bases loaded and then got bailed out by Michael King, who came in in relief and was able to get, you know, a big double play to end the game. He's feast or famine. And when you're a closer, like, that's not good if you're obviously – either on or you're just way off. Like, you got to be able to pitch through it when you don't have your best stuff. And you're right, really, since about midway through last season, he struggled, and he's got to figure it out because they're relying on him to be their closer. 
No question. Going to be interesting to see how he winds up performing moving forward as we do have Jake Hasman joining me on the podcast. And Jake, we're about two weeks through the MLB season, so no question, this is very early. If you're taking a look on your sliding scale in terms of other sports like the NFL, you have every team wind up playing 17 games. This is like week number two and a half for a lot of these teams. So no question, there's a lot of baseball to be played, but has there any has there been any teams that stuck, stood out to you, either to the positive or to the negative, that maybe you weren't expecting them to have the start that they've had thus far? You know, I don't know if I expected them to you know, get up to a good start. I did think they were going to be a really good team this year. The Mets have been impressive. They won on walk-off fashion on Tuesday. Francisco Lindor has had a really good start to the year. And that's a, 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 obviously a huge key for them, right? They gave this guy $300 million, $241 million, and you're expecting him to be the best player offensively. And he's really struggled last year, like a lot of guys do year one in New York. So, and the Mets getting off to the start they've gotten off to, I think is uh, really encouraging if you're a fan of that team, because, you know, they certainly have the pitching. They have, you know, some clutch hitting so far. And, you know, they can get a healthy Jacob DeGrom back. That could really open things up for them going forward. I think that that's the biggest thing that you want throwing out there. If you could get a healthy Jacob DeGrom, look out. Because through the first 10 games of the season, I believe that their starters had the best ERA of their starting pitching in over, like, 25 years. So, They've been able to do a solid job when you were able to throw out there. In my opinion, the best starter in the game makes you all the better. And you're a man that you make this podcast all the better, Jake. I know you do great work over there with ESPN 97.5 out there in Houston, along with Sports Map Radio. You do a lot of hosting four hours a day, every Monday through Friday, as a matter of fact. So you're a guy that you work tirelessly and do a great job with everything. So all the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just what's on tap for you. Sure. It's just my name at Jake Asman is where you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as well. And uh, what's on tap. I mean, you, you mentioned it, Greg, do uh, an afternoon radio show from three to seven central time, talking all things, Houston sports and whatever else is a big story that day. So if you're in Houston, Check out the wheelhouse on ESPN 97.5. Yep, and he was in the wheelhouse for us today as Jake does absolutely amazing work over there with ESPN 97.5. Does a great job being able to take a look at the game of baseball as well. And certainly the Houston Astros are a team that we're going to be talking about all season long. And Jake is a man that he comes on this podcast every few weeks or so throughout the season. Always brings it whenever he joins me. So big thanks to Jake for joining me today right here on the Baseball Betting Show. And coming up next, it is that time to podcast. He can be fixing analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media. 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, 
We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is always a pleasure to get Jake Asman of 97.5 ESPN in Houston on the show. Also does great work with Sports Map Radio with his own show, The Jake Asman Show. He is holding it down. He's going to be taking a look at the Astros, who off to a little bit of a rough start this year. But as we know, they're going to be making some noise, and he is going to be following them every step of the way. And whenever he joins this podcast, he always brings a good. So a big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at gunet underscore 81. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order as we are going to be going with the National League games first and then the American League games. We would go with interleague games on the bottom, but we have no interleague games today, so that makes things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there as we begin with 9:51, 9:52 on the betting board. It is the San Francisco Giants hitting the road faceoff against the New York Mets. Juan Carlos Carrasco is going to be going for the Metropolitans, and Anthony DiScalfani is going to be on the bump for the Giants. The Giants are finding themselves as a small underdog here, anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Mets, anywhere between minus 117 and minus 125 is your price, 7.5 is your total. Unders anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115, with the over anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And I do like what I'm seeing out of these San Francisco Giants. It's a bunch that, once again, has a lot of guys that are a little bit unheralded, but do a good job of being able to provide some power. 
It's really been about the jock show. Jock Peterson, he's hitting above a 300. He's been able to give this team quite a few home runs. Got a lot of guys hitting between about a 230 to about a 245-ish. Thario Estrada, Joey Bart, Wilmer Flores. You got to figure that these guys are going to pick it up. Darren Ruff's been able to get on base along with Mikey Skrumski, but these guys are not necessarily hitting for average. But you know that that's going to come around. Mikey Skrumski, actually one of the most unlucky hitters in terms of actual batting average versus expected batting average last season. Then you do take a look at the Mets, and certainly is a team that they're able to barrel up as well. Francisco Lindor sitting above a 3 iron. Marcana, he canna get on base. More than a 400 on base to this point in the season. Brandon Nimmo has been able to do a solid job with the right around 400 on base. Starling Marte, he's got great wheels out there as well. Pete Alonso led all of baseball with regards to home runs on the road last season. The big kryptonite for the Mets, though, is that they did wind up giving away a lot of their bullpen pieces from last year. Miguel Castro, Aaron Loop, Jurisic Familia, they're now out of the fold, so now they need to rely a little bit more on guys like Jason Shreve, Jolie Rodriguez, Seth Lugo has been a little bit up and down this year, Edwin Diaz, ever since he's gotten to New York, hasn't been great, and the Giants last year had the best bullpen ERA in the big leagues, and these guys have been relatively solid once again this year. Zach Liddell, Camilo Duvall, Jose Alvarez, all these guys have come out of the bullpen, done a solid job. They did wind up getting quite taxed in that double dip, but they were able to get back online yesterday. I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to get solid performances on their starters as well. You take a look at Anthony D. Scalfani, and wound up averaging right around a 2-5 ERA last season in games in which he did not wind up playing against the LA Dodgers as far this year. He has given up four runs in his two starts. Nothing great, nothing terrible for his career. Does wind up giving up right around 1.3-ish home runs per nine innings overall, but you take a look at what he was able to do overall on the road last season, a 3.22 ERA, the 15 bombs in 95 innings, a little bit of a concern, but City Field is a little bit more pitcher-friendly, and Carlos Carrasco, very good start to the season for him. He has given up just one run in his 10 and two-thirds innings thus far, but started against the Washington Nationals and the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the team wound up losing both of those starts. I think that Carrasco is probably going to give up a little bit more than that, but at the same time, Mets are probably going to provide him a little bit more run support, but I have a little bit more faith here in the Giants bullpen. Made the Giants a minus 122 favorite, so I'm going to be willing to lay the price here. I do think that DiScalafani winds up giving up a long ball at some point, so did wind up saying my total at an 8.3 as well, looking over and looking Giants. 953-954 is the DK Nation pick. The poopy errors on the Diamondbacks at the road to face off against the Washington Nationals. Joshua Rogers is going to be going for the Nets, and Zach Davies is going to be on the bump for Arizona. Right now, you're finding the total at 8.5 overs anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120, unders anywhere between even to minus 110, with the Nationals finding themselves at anywhere between minus 123 and minus 130 plus price here with the Snakes, anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. DK Nation pick. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. We're banking on the Arizona Diamondbacks not scoring runs. Going into yesterday, the Arizona Diamondbacks, perhaps the worst start for an offense I've ever seen. Hitting a buck 56 as a collective. Now, they're actually drawing walks, a 277 on base, but boy, oh boy, you've had Dalton Varsho, Christian Walker both give you a pair of home runs this season, but you've got one guy going into yesterday in Seth Beer that was hitting above a 241 for the season. It is just absolutely deplorable. Now, Guitel Marte, David Peralta, guys have not been off to a good start this season. I do think that they're going to pick it up a little bit. Carson Kelly is a guy that when he's out there, he's able to get on base a tad, but man, it is not good for this poopy Arizona Diamondbacks team. And when it comes to Washington Nationals, this is a team that they themselves have their deficiencies. Now, Josh Bell is someone I do like. He's hitting north of a 300 thus far this season. He's been able to hit a pair of home runs, wound up having 27 last year. And someone that's really underrated is 34-year-old Yadiel Hernandez. He's sort of been a globetrotter, a guy that 
be able to do a solid job but be able to get it on base. But Kibera Ruiz, he's a year away. Victor Robles, Alcides Escobar, these guys at the bottom of the lineup, not necessarily doing a great job. Now, Miguel Franco, Cesar Hernandez, veterans have come in. They've been able to do an okay job of be able to reach base. But you do take a look at this Arizona Diamondbacks team, and this starting pitching is not terrible. Now, you take a look at Zach Davies, and ever since the beginning part of last season, it has been rough for him. But you go back to that 2021 campaign, he was not great on the road, but he was significantly better than he was at Wrigley Field. 14 starts on the road, gave up four home runs at 63 and a third innings. They wind up posting up a 483 ERA, but certainly when he was away from Wrigley, he wasn't necessarily too bad. And Josh Rogers, thus far this season, has given up three runs at nine and two thirds innings. He's someone that's able to hold down the fort, gave up one run in five and a third innings against the Atlanta Braves. And towards the back half last season as well, Josh Rogers came in, was able to lend some relatively solid starts, wound up making six in total, 328 ERA. Opponents wound up hitting a 241 off of him. Not necessarily much of a swing and miss guy, but someone that's able to come in, is able to do an okay job. Neither of these bullpens are going to knock your socks off. Neither of these bullpens are going to light the game on fire. Ian Kennedy is able to give you some good innings. You've got someone like a J.B. Wendelkin. They like Edwin Yuseta. I actually think he's going to be able to lend some solid innings for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then you take a look at the Nationals. Sean Doolittle is very old, to say the least. Steve Ciszek. These guys are not necessarily so great. Andres Machado, Patrick Murphy. They're guys that you can't necessarily trusting a lot, but you know what the good news is? They're going up against the Arizona Diamondbacks offense. So, that is a big elixir in all this. I do take a look at this total, and I think that it's way too high. Arizona Diamondbacks right now, the lowest scoring team in the big leagues entering into what we wound up seeing on Wednesday. So, DK Nation pick is the under. I wound up saying my total at a 7.7 and with the Nationals, I have a lot more faith here in Rodgers and Davies. Set them as minus 137 favorites. So, taking the Nats and taking the under. 955-956 on the betting board. The Miami Marlins are going to be playing us to the St. Louis Cardinals. Jordan X is going to be starting for the Cardinals, and Mr. Pablo Lopez is going to be on the bump for the Marlins. Marlins are finding themselves in between minus 120 and minus 130 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at St. Louis, it's anywhere between plus 110 and plus 116, with 7.5 being your total, over and under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115, and with the St. Louis Cardinals, set them as a plus 133 underdog, so I'm going to be one to lay here with Miami. I just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of Jordan X as a starter, because we've seen him out of the bullpen a little bit this season. A total of four innings. They were planning to utilize him as a starter, so instead they wound up having him go two innings in those first two relief appearances. Can't think that he's going to give you more than three. Maybe if you're really lucky, four innings, and he feels like a guy that he'll be able to give you a solid inning, maybe even two innings, but then he gets figured out in the third inning. Meanwhile, you take a look at Mr. Lopez, and this guy has been terrific to begin the season. He's given up a grand total of one run and ten and a third innings in both of the games that he started. The Miami Marlins have been able to pull out a W. You take a look at 2021. He was a little bit banged up that season, but in 12 starts at home, a 234 ERA. Gave up six home runs at 65 and a third innings. Bonus hit a 215 off of him. Strikeouts per nine rate was well above 10. This guy is very electric stuff now. The one thing that you do fear with Miami Marlins is that this is a team that they're not hitting very well. They did wind up picking up a couple pieces in the offseason thus far. They haven't necessarily worked out Ore Solaire, Jacob Sellings. These guys hanging below the middle line of 200. These guys aren't necessary acquisitions, but these guys, they also need to pick it up. And Avicio Garcia, Asus Aguiar, Miguel Rojas, all of them are hitting below a 200 as well. Now, Jesus Sanchez, couple with Joey Wendell, both of these guys hitting above 325. Zanay Garrett Cooper just being back out there in the fold is solid. And then take a look at the St. Louis Cardinals and Tommy Edmonds off to a really hot start this year. Entered in yesterday with three home runs and a north of 400 on base percentage. Nolan Arenado, he has north of 400 on base. He's been able to slug out 
four home runs, but you do take a look at things, and Yadier Molina's been a little bit banged up and hasn't been productive. Paul DeYoung is continuing to not be able to hit at the plate. Paul Goldschmidt has been off to a rough start as well, although I will say you've been able to get quite a bit out of Tyler O'Neill thus far. Both of these bullpens relatively solid. Anthony Bass, Anthony Bender, Stephen O'Kurt for the Miami Marlins are all guys that are able to come and hold down the fort along with Cole Solzer, and then for the St. Louis Cardinals, TJ McFarland is able to lend some good relief. Drew Verhagen could be a guy that you wind up seeing for multiple innings of relief as well, and perhaps Aaron Brooks as well, who winds up coming over from the KBO Giovanni Gallegos. is able to do a solid job as well, so both of these teams have solid bullpens, but I have a feeling that Jordan Nick's not going to be long for this game, and that could wind up being in costly in this spot, and Pablo Lopez is someone that I do think is doing for a little bit of regression, but that said, do I am saying my total at 7.8, think that 7.5 just a little bit too low looking at the over, but willing to lay north of a minus 130 here with the fish, so laying the number with Miami, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over. 9.57, 9.58 on the bang board. The Chicago Cubs are going to be playing us to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Bryce Wilson is going to be going for the Buckos, and Mark Leiter is going to be on the bump for the Cubs. Cubs are finding themselves anywhere between minus 130 and minus 133 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Buckos, it's anywhere between plus 110 and plus 123. Seeing one total out there at DraftKings of a 9 over and under, both at minus 110. I do mind saying my total at an 8.7. You really don't have the wind blowing out. You really don't have the wind blowing in, so that's not as much of a factor in this one as we know. Out there in Wrigley Field, the wind can sometimes be a whipping, but I did wind up setting the Cubs at a minus 147 in this spot, and a big reason why is that going into what we wound up seeing on Wednesday, the Cubs had gotten to at least four runs in all but two of their first 11 games, so it's been a very impressive offense at this point. Frank Schwindel wound up hitting a 300 last season. He's been able to pick up where he left off last season. You've seen C.I. Suzuki be able to give you four home runs. He's hitting with north of a 500 on base. He's been terrific. Jonathan VR, Ian Happ, they're hitting above a 3 iron. You've had Jason Hayward be able to get on base for you. Jan Gomes is finding a little bit of something. Nick Madrigal starting to be able to tap into things as well. So it's a Cubs lineup that has actually been really good now. The pitching leaves a little bit of something to be desired as Daniel Norris is someone that you're relying upon for innings. Scott E. Frost. I actually do like Michael Givens out of the bullpen. And for the Pirates, their bullpen is not terrible. David Benar is able to give you a couple solid innings. I do like what you're able to get out of Chris Strain as well. Anthony Bond has been able to come in. He's been able to find a home. And even Ronce Contreras is able to give you a little bit of long relief as well. But take a look at Mr. Wilson, and this is not going to be a guy that winds up generating punch outs. He's averaging right around six and a half strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate that is well north of three as well. He's pitched eight in the third innings thus far this year, giving up two home runs. He has Give it up five runs in total with four walks. It has not necessarily been great for him. Young guy, 24 years old, so a guy that is still developing. And then you do take a look at Mark Leiter Jr., currently in 1890 ERA. I mean, if your ERA is higher than the year in which the light bulb was invented, that is not necessarily so going so great for you. That said, that was a start that you wanted making at Coors Field. Got lit up for seven runs in three and a third innings. I'm not saying that Mr. Leiter is going to be great by any stretch of the imagination, but I certainly do think that we need to give him a little bit more runway, and he is going up against a Pittsburgh Pirates team that, well, their offense is one of the worst out there in the big leagues. They've got Daniel Vogelback currently hitting a leadoff, and to his credit, he and Cabrian Hayes are hitting right around a 325 thus far, but Yoshi Satsugo, Ben Gamble, Josh Van Meter, Kevin Newman, a lot of cast-outs from other teams. They're hitting a 210 or lower. The entire catcher spot is a hot mess for this team, so I do think that both of these pitchers are going to be able to rein it in a little bit more. I do think that the Cubs are going to regress a little bit with their offense, but I do think that they're going to get to Bryce Wilson before the bullpen Holds down the fort for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Semi-total at an 8.7. So here at the 9, I'm looking under. And with the Cubs, set them as a minus 147 favorite. Would be willing to lay the minus 130 here with the Cubs. 959, 960 on the bang board. The Cleveland Guardians are going to be playing us to the Chicago White Sox. 
Dylan Cease and Decease is going to be going for the White Sox, and Zach Plesak is going to be on the bump for the Guardians. The Guardians are finding themselves as underdogs in this spot. Anywhere team, minus 128 and minus 135. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Cleveland, you're going to be finding them in between plus 115 and plus 123 with a total of 8. Over is anywhere team, minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 105, and this is a total that I wound up setting at at 8.2. I'm going to be taking a look at the 8 over. You've got a guy in Dylan Cease that for his career has an ERA about a full point higher on the road than it is at home, right around a 4-6-ish ERA on the road, closer to 3-6 at home, but Dylan Cease has been tremendous this season. You take a look at his numbers, he has had his walks issues, giving up 5 walks in 10 and a third innings, but striking out 16 and 10 and 2 thirds innings against the Tigers and the Rays, so he's been able to have a nice sample size there. And for Zach Fleasek, he does a great job, but not walking a lot of guys, just one walk, give it up in 11 innings this season for his career, right around 2.5 walks per 9 innings, so he's able to hold down the fort, not necessarily a big swing and miss guy, and has given up 10 hits to this point this season, but has been able to do a better job of limiting the hard contact, and for the Cleveland Guardians, unfortunately for them, they don't get to face Alex Keiko again, or else their batting averages would continue to go up, but Steven Kwan, Jose Ramirez, coupled with what you're able to get out of Owen Miller, all these guys are hitting north of a 350 right now with Ramirez just absolutely in fuego. 19 RBI entering into what we wound up seeing in Game 2 of that double dip, and I think they wound up reaching 20 in that game. Miles Straw is hitting above the 300. Some of the best wheels out there in the big leagues, Amade Rosario, Andres Jimenez, even Oscar Mercado, been able to get on base free. And for the White Sox, it's been a little bit cold with the bats thus far. Lurie Garcia is hitting below a 100. Yasmani Grandal after he had a magical season last year in which he hit like a 240 with a 420 on base, which I've never seen that before. He has been unable to get on base thus far this season. Andrew Vaughn is hitting above a 300. He's had a pair of home runs for this team. Jose Verde, you know that he's going to hit. He always gives you north of 100 RBI in a traditional season. So these guys are going to be just fine. Tim Anderson has been able to do a good job hitting above a 300 as well. And then for the White Sox, it is a bunch which they did wind up having to use up quite a bit of their bullpen yesterday. Same goes for the Guardians, but got to feel like guys like Kendall Graveman, Kyle Crick, they're going to be called upon once again today. Bennett Sousa is someone that I've been liking out there in the bullpen, but for the Guardians, Emmanuel Classe, one of the best closers that you're able to find out there in the big leagues. If you need to get a little bit of length out of Logan Allen, you're able to get that as well. Connor Pilkington is someone that comes in. He was very good at the college level. He's going to be good for this team. Brian Shaw is able to lend some solid innings as well. So I do take a look at this spot. I do think that Cease should be a relatively decent sized favorite. I set Dylan Cease at a minus 128. So seeing what we've got right now, that minus 128 that I'm seeing at Westgate, that's the absolute max I'd be willing to lay. But I'd be willing to lay the minus 128 that I currently see at the Westgate. And with the total, I did wind up setting it at an 8.2. So we're going to be looking over and I'm going to be taking a look at the White Sox at 128 or lower. If we wind up seeing a tick up because right now it's Caesar. So I'm seeing a plus 127 on Cleveland. This could wind up adjusting a little bit. So I'm going to be gauging overnight line movement, but as it stands right now, we'll be willing to lay the minus 128. 961, 962 on the betting board. You've got the Detroit Tigers, and they're going to be playing us to the New York Yankees. Jordan Montgomery is going to be going for the Yankees, and Michael Pineda. Oops, they're not become Michael Pineda for the Detroit Tigers. Total on this game is 8, over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120, under is anywhere between even a minus 110, and with the Yankees, anywhere between minus 155 and minus 170 is what you're laying, and if you're taking a look at Detroit, it's anywhere between plus 135 and plus 150 55 and with Detroit, I set them at a plus 129. I'm going to be willing to take that plus price. Michael Pineda wanted giving up quite a bit of hard contact last season. I think that he is going to be able to rein it in, and I do think that a change of scenery is going to be nice for him. He's playing out there in a little bit more of a pitcher friendly ballpark in Detroit. And for Jordan Montgomery, this is someone that 
on the road last season. I'm not going to say that he was lights out. I'm not going to say that he was necessarily terrible because if you take a look at his home and road splits, 389 ERA at home, 378 ERA on the road. So he was a little bit better on the road. Once again, not laying the world on fire, but Florence had 260 off of him. He was getting about a strikeout per inning, three walks per nine. Nothing great, nothing awful, but what has been truly tremendous is this Yankees bullpen. You wind up seeing it when Garrett Cole wound up going out after five outs. They picked up the slack. Seven and third inning scoreless. Aroldis Chapman is at this point a little bit of a roll of the dice as we were talking about with Jake Asman, but Lucas Lutke is able to do the job. You wind up having Jonathan Lies could give you a little bit of a lesson seller performance a couple days ago, but even Clark Schmidt has been able to form himself as a long relief guy. Miguel Castro has been able to do a solid job. And for the Detroit Tigers, this is a team that they do a good job with their bullpen as well. Michael Fulmer has been able to do a solid job since coming out of the pen. You've had Gregory Soto become an all-star closer. Will Vest has been able to do nice work along with Jacob Barnes. So these guys are great. And both of these offenses have been relatively gold. You take a look at it. Gleyber Torres, Kyle Gashioka, Josh Allenson, Anthony Rizzo, Joey Gallo, all in below the Mendoza line of 200. And really nobody's been able to supply the deep ball. John Carlos Santon, Marin Judge, these guys have been able to reach base for you, but it's been tough for the New York Yankees thus far. And then you take a look at the Detroit Tigers, they're without Javi Baez right now, so that means that you're having to rely upon a lot of guys that have not been able to perform. Spencer Torkelson, Tucker Barnard, Robbie Grossman, Jonathan Scope, Jamie Candelario, all hitting at 225, or Laura Torkelson, wound up having a rough start to the season, has been able to pick it up a little bit more to his credit, and as north of a 350 on base, Austin Meadows has been mashing for this team, E. Miguel Cabrera hanging north of 300, but both of these teams have been relatively cool with the bats. I do wind up saying the total at a 7.8. It is chilly out there in the Midwest this time of year, and I do think that both of these guys are going to be able to perform, and they're going to be able to perform well. And I take a look at Michael Pineda, and I do think that he's going to get back to 2019-2020. Michael Pineda, where he was giving up less than a home run per nine innings, he's going to be having a little bit of wrench on his mind as well, because he had that pine tar incident while he was a member of the New York Yankees as well. So, I take a look at the Tigers. Anything north of a plus 130, going to be able to take it there, and we are certainly there. So take the Tigers and take a look at the under. 963-964 on the bang board. The Boston Red Sox are going to be playing also the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Gosman is going to be going for the Jays and Tanner Elk is going to be on the bump for Boston. Boston is finding themselves a slight underdog. Anywhere between even money and plus 105. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Toronto, anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120 is your price. 9 is your total. The over and under are anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And when it comes to Toronto, I did wind up saying them as a very, very slight plus 104 underdog. So seeing even money and small plus prices here with the Boston Red Sox. I'm going to be one to take the Red Sox at home because take a look at Tanner Houck and you wound up having a 1-5 record and it was probably the most undeserved 1-5 record I've ever seen because this guy was absolutely lights out whenever they called upon him in 2021. 1-5 with 13 starts, 69 innings, he gives up 4 home runs, opponents hit a 223 off of him and a 352 ERA. How does that equate to 1-5? Guy wound up getting incredibly unlucky and at home at a 332 ERA with giving up 2 home runs at 38 innings. So he was absolutely stellar. And Kevin Gosman, really, ever since the All Star break last season, he's had an ERA that's been north of a 3 5. So he's really regressed with that regard. Now, I will say this for Kevin Gosman actually has pitched better on the road than he has at home each out of the last few seasons. Last year on the road, ain't two record, 233 ERA to give up 13 bombs and 108 and a third innings. But Bowden said a 214 off of him. His strikeouts per nine rate, that was north of 10. So he's able to do a solid job with that regard. And the Toronto Blue Jays, it's not a great bullpen. It's not a terrible bullpen. Yimi Garcia. 
Garcia, Adam Simber are able to give you some solid innings. Trevor Richards, he's able to give you multiple innings from time to time. I do like what you're able to get out of Ryan Baruki, who I believe was a little bit banged up towards the beginning of the season as well. But you take a look at the Red Sox, and if you need multiple innings out of Garrett Woodlock, you're able to get that. Ericazza, Sato, Mona, Ansel Robles. These guys have been rock solid. Matt Barnes, Ryan Brazier, you're able to rely upon them. And for the Boston Red Sox, got a lot of guys that are doing a solid job of being able to get on base for you. Xander Bogarts, once again, having himself a nice season, hitting right around a 300. Alex Verdugo, Rafael Devers, they're north of a 300. Endeavors last year, 38 home runs. He's already got a pair of bombs thus far this season. Now, Kike Hernandez, Bobby Dahlbeck, they're going to need to pick it up a little bit. But Trevor Story, thus far, not great, not terrible. He and J.D. Martinez hitting right around 250. And then you take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays. George Springer, I wouldn't say that he's back to the George Springer fold, but it's looked relatively solid this year. Vlad Guerrero Jr. entered into yesterday with five home runs. This guy's been absolutely tremendous. And Romeo Tapia had a little bit of a rough start to the season. He got back online. He was able to home run yesterday. That was big for the team. But guys towards the bottom of the lineup, like Kevon Biggio, Alejandro Kirk, Santiago Espinal, you need to see a little bit more out of them. I do think that I'm going to do a good job of holding down the 40 year. A little bit of an earlier game, 10.35 a.m. Pacific time, 1.35 a.m. Eastern. I do think that the ball going to be flying out a little bit more because you do have more of that daytime air rather than the nighttime. I do want to sing this out at a 9.2 with Gosman having a little bit of a tendency to give up home runs. So I'm going to be looking over and I'm going to be looking Red Sox. 9.65, 9.66 on the bang board. The Minnesota Twins that throw to face off against the Kansas City Royals. Zach Greinke is going to be going for the Royals and Joe Ryan is going to be on the bump for the Twins. The Twins are finding themselves as favorites in this spot and you're going to be finding them anywhere in the neighborhood of minus 115 to minus 125. Seeing straight minus 114 out there as well. Meanwhile, with the Royals, going to be getting them anywhere between plus 104 and plus 105. 8 to 8.5 is your total. On the 8.5, under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. On the 8, under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even at minus 110. And when it comes to the Minnesota Twins, set them at minus 118. So you're at minus 115. Now we're willing to lay really too much more than this, but I am willing to lay the minus 115. You take a look at Joe Ryan, and he's only made for his career seven starts, but this guy's electrifying stuff. At the minor league level, the guy was just getting punch outs like it was nobody's business, and he does give up the deep ball. Six home runs give it up in his 36 and two-thirds innings at the big league level, but over 10 strikeouts per nine innings, first two starts of the season have been relatively rock solid. A combined three runs surrendered against the Boston Red Sox and the Seattle Mariners over the course of 10 innings, and for Zach Greinke, he's a little bit long in the tooth. Wound up having a rough end to the season last year. First two starts of the year, not too bad. Against the Cleveland Guardians and the Detroit Tigers, a combined three runs give it up in 11 innings, but this is someone that he's just not getting strikeouts anymore. One strikeout in 11 innings, so very much a pitch to contact guy, and with the Minnesota Twins, you always run the risk that you're going to give up a bunch of home runs to this team. Ore Palunco has already went deep multiple times. Now he's had a rough time with the batting average and really a lot of this Minnesota Twins team has. As he, Carlos Correa, Max Kepler, Miguel Sano, Ryan Jeffers, Trevor Larnich, Alex Kurloff all wound up entering into Wednesday hitting a 210 or lower. Gary Sanchez has actually been able to saw a job of being able to get on base, but you've got Luis Rice, you've got Gio Rochella, sort of the table setters for the team, not having Byron Buxton out there last few days has certainly been hurting the Minnesota Twins, but then you take a look at the Royals and you've really got one masher for this team. Salvador Perez entered into what we wound up getting on Wednesday with four home runs, nearly half of the team's home runs, and you do have a guy in Andrew Benatendi who entered into yesterday hitting a 375 Nicky Lopez in that pocket as well, but Will Mirafield, Bobby Wood Jr., Adelbert 
Walter Mondesi entering into Wednesday, all hitting below a buck fifty. That's an issue. They are going to be able to get things online, but how much are they going to be able to get things online is a question because these are not necessarily power guys. The Royals rely upon them being able to get on base, and thus far they have not been able to do so. Now the Royals have this Twins team outgunned a little bit with regards to the bullpen. Scott Barlow, Jake Brents are very good out there in the bullpen, and Joel Payampas, I think he goes under the radar. Josh Shamout is a good closer. Even Dylan Coleman is able to give you some solid innings, and for the Minnesota Twins, they're dealing with a little bit of an ailment to Ore Alcala, and that means that you have to rely a little bit more on Emilio Pagan, and typically when he pitches, it is a Pagan for the W. Caleb Thielbar is someone that I really don't trust, and Cody Sashek is absolutely terrible, so that is a little bit of an issue, but I do think that Joe Ryan is going to be able to outgun Zach Greinke in this spot, because Greinke just can't get swings and misses anymore. I do think that you'll see a little bit of a higher scoring game in this one, especially with Ryan giving up a little bit of our contacts at my total at 8.1, so looking at an 8 over, and with the Twins willing to lay up to minus 118, so going to be laying it here with the Twins to go along with that over. 967, 968 on the main board, the Oakland A's. They're going to be playing us the Baltimore Orioles. Tyler Wells is going to be going for the O's, and Bob Blackburn sounds like a name of a pirate is going to be going for the Oakland A's. A's are finding themselves in a lot of spots, minus 115. We're seeing a shift up. I'm seeing a few places that just moved this to a minus 125, and rightfully so. Meanwhile, the O's anywhere between plus 105 and plus 115 is your price. 7.5 to 8 is your total. On the 8, the under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 130. Over is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 110. On the 7.5, over and under are both at minus 110, and when it comes to Baltimore Orioles, I feel like they should be more around a plus 143 underdog. The Oakland A's have been dealing with some injuries. Chad Pinder, Jed Lowry have been out of the fold for this team, but I still take a look at the Oakland A's, and I think that they should have this Baltimore Orioles team outgunned despite the injuries. It is an Orioles team that, entering into Wednesday, they had yet to play a total over. So, it has been absolutely ridiculous what we've seen there, but Seth Brown has been able to give this team multiple home runs. Sam Noisy, he's got north of a 350 on base along Tony Kemp. These guys have been good table setters for this team. You've been able to get a little bit of something out of Christian Bethencourt, someone who really has not gotten too much of a shot at the big league level. He's been sort of a globetrotter, and thus far he's been solid. Elvis Andrews has right around 350 on base. Christian Bache, a little bit of a liability with the bat, but very good out there in the field. And then you do take a look at the Baltimore Orioles, and entering into what we wound up getting on Wednesday, they were averaging 2.5 one runs per contest because, well, you just haven't had a lot of hard contact with this team. Four home runs thus far this season entering into Wednesday. Cedric Mullins wound up hitting right around 30 last season. Ryan Montcastle more like 25. You got to figure that these guys are going to get online. Trey Boomba Mancini sitting at 255, but Robinson Torinos, Anthony Bemboom, Rudnett Odor, Ryan McKenna, Galvin Gutierrez, Chris Owings, all these guys are terrible at the plate. And then you take a look at the Oakland A's. Bullpen is relatively solid. They are dealing with Kirby Sneed and also Dealis Carrera being a little bit banged up at Justin Grimm, Ryan Kesselani. These guys are able to land a little bit of length. AJ Puck, I like his upside. They added Sam Selman. That's a good addition and for the Baltimore Orioles, the bullpen has actually been halfway decent thus far, but I think that that's going to regress. When you've got guys like Trey Lankins, Joy Kreeble, Brian Baker. That's not something that you want to be relying upon whatsoever. And then you take a look at Tyler Wells. He's a former reliever that has been stretched out to be a starter. His first time out against the Tampa Bay Rays gives up four runs while getting five outs. Looks out against the New York Yankees, but that's a Yankees team that they are badly scuffling. And you just take a look at this gentleman, Mr. Wells, for his career. And he's got a 431 ERA. Guy that's able to get quite a few strikeouts to his credit. Right around 10 strikeouts per nine innings. But you got to have that fear that he winds up giving up a little bit of a deep ball here and 
for the Oakland A's. I do have quite a bit of faith here in Paul Blackburn, someone that prior to 2021 had a relatively rough go of it, wound up having a few bad starts towards the end of 2021, but actually started out really well. And here in the first few starts of 2022, he's given up two runs over the course of 10 innings. His strikeout numbers are up. His walk numbers are down. He has really been able to develop. So I'm going to place my faith here in the Oakland A's. Willing to lay up to a minus 143 with them. And I do think that they get to Mr. Wells. I do think that the Orioles are going to start to play some overs, especially with how bad their bullpen is. So looking at the total over set, my total at 8.8. And looking at the Oakland A's. And we wrap things up with 969, 970 on the betting board. The Texas Rangers are going to be in the road face off against the Seattle Mariners. Juan Marco Gonzalez is going to be going for the Mariners. And you've got Taylor Hearn, who's going to be on the bump for Texas. Texas is finding themselves anywhere between plus 125 and plus 140. Meanwhile, if you're looking at Seattle, anywhere between minus 145 and minus 150 is your price. 8.5 to 8 is your total on the 8 overs. Anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Unders anywhere between even a minus 110 on the 8.5 over and under are both at minus 110. And I did mind saying my total at 8.6. I'm going to be taking a look at this total over right now with the Texas Rangers. You've got a bullpen with the highest ERA out there in the big leagues. And for the Seattle Mariners, they've been relatively lights out with their bullpen. There's a reason why the Seattle Mariners are 35 and 20 in run run games ever since the beginning of 2021. That is the best record out there in the big leagues, and it's because you do have a great bullpen. You've got guys like Paul Sewell, Drew Steckenrider, Diego Casillo. They're able to come in, give you good innings, and you take a look at Marco Gonzalez, and the guy is 6-1 since September of last season. Has really been able to post up some good numbers ever since then. He's been able to do a nice job of not putting guys on cheaply. Two walks in his first two starts of the season. He's a guy that is going to give up a V-ball. Has already given up three home runs this season. But you do take a look at the flip side and what you're going to be able to get on this Texas Rangers team with Taylor Hearn. And guy is just giving up a lot of hard contact in general. As he wound up giving up 14 innings in his first two starts. It is a miracle that his ERA is only a 470. He's had to do a couple of Udini acts. And that's over the course of 72 thirds innings, by the way. He has been able to get 10 strikeouts, but he's allowing so many hits. Whip is north of a 2. If your whip would be an impressive bench press for a set of 10, it's not necessarily going great. And as the case, Aaron, I mean, for Taylor Hearn, he is backed up by a relatively solid lineup. You've seen Nate Lowe, Corey Seager be able to do a solid job reaching base for you. Entering into Wednesday, both of these guys north of a 340 on base. Now, Adelise Garcia, after he wound up having his hot first two months of the season last year, he just has not necessarily been great for the team. Has given the team two home runs, but ain't just a buck 62. Andy Banez, Mitch Garver, Cole Calhoun, along with Willie Calhoun, all these guys, you can blow the Mendoza line of 200. That's a little bit rough. And Marcus Simeon, he's been a little bit tough as well, but in that game on Tuesday, was able to supply multiple RBI. And for the Seattle Mariners, Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez, these offseason acquisitions, they're starting to get on base. Adam Frazier had a tough first week and a half of the season. He's been able to supply a little bit of batting average for this team, and that's big because you've got Mitch Haniger, who's got three home runs, being able to turn some of the solo shots into two run homers. That's big. Jared Kelnick got off to a rough start to begin the year. He's starting to pick it up as well. Catcher spot has been relatively solid for the Seattle Mariners as well. So I do take a look at this, and I do think that you're going to get a little bit of higher scoring game. Did I'm saying my total at 88.6? I'm looking over. And with the Mariners, I set them as a minus 150 on the money line. If you're looking at the run line, anything north of a plus 132, I'd be willing to take a shot. I'm seeing anywhere between plus 130 and plus 135. As it stands right now, with the minus 145s I'm seeing, I'd rather take the money line than the run line, but that could be a little bit subject to change if we do wind up seeing this go to like a minus 150 and we continue to get like a plus 135 or so. But looking as of right now, Seattle Mariners money line and looking at the over, but I'll be on the Mariners in some form or fashion might wind up adjusting from money line to run line. And that will wrap things up for the Thursday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now a part of the 
Levisan Family Podcast. Big thanks to Jake Asman of 97.5 ESPN and Houston for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the baseball betting show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline, and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, we're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. By the five-star review, I'm going to be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.